0: Farther, knee deep in it, blood sweat and tears with it. Whatever it costs, I'll pay it. Whether you command it, I'll say it. Farther, I need a faith deeper than pews and candlesticks and A and B selections. Church determined by who's not or is rejected. Faith fights based on who wins or loses elections. Lord, please free me from this entitlement infection. Farther up to my neck in it. Christ is my master and I have to represent it where he leads me. I'm bound to follow, pay the cost, all his laws, till I'm found, spent and hollow. Emptied out, waiting for his spirit to fill. Whether it comes or not, I'm down for the deal. Where, uh, Where he leads me, I'll follow, care less about the consequences, freed and redeemed from former incidences. Out of sheer gratitude, charge forward with faith and bravery, eyes open, heart focused. It's all about the God in me. Farther. Immersed in it. Everything I do, Christ is in it. The pain in the poetry, homeless men knowing me, not about sympathy but something God is showing me, hard times and heartaches, promises and patience, light breaking out in all the dark places, first world location but third world economy, gutter grace and harmony, God's power in front of me, sing a song of sixpence, a pocket full of fear, sideline conspiracy, ain't nobody hearing me, waiting in the background while soldiers march aggressively, weak will, timidly, light shining impressively, God getting the worst of me, well, he deserves the best of me farther. I long for the day a generation rise with street corner prophets and hood thick theology, immersion, high calling, big thoughts and big dreams, faith made of the substance of things unseen, go farther than the goals of a generation long past, go farther than the politics that money can amass, go farther than church walls and caution stained gas and pie auctions, get knee deep, neck high, drowned and baptized in the ministry that makes God step back and say, did you see what you just did for me? or at the very least, hear the whisper of God saying, go farther. If you don't remember anything I say this morning, please remember, we can go farther, we can go deeper, we can be realer with God than we ever have before. Do you believe that? The grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this morning. I feel, hear this hum, and I like to think that it's the Spirit. Mm. Thank you. I, I really enjoy coming uh, here last year. You've changed your hair since I've been gone. Look really nice. Last time I was here, Brian was out of town doing a wedding that he didn't think he'd get back in time now I believe you but I'm just glad you're here man you all uh, uh, with James I uh, just have a, a, a dynamic ministry and I, I praise God for you all and I, I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest thick amongst you all Here um, because you all are in a great time, a great place at a great time for ministry for the kingdom of God. Celebrate a couple of things for me. Um, I got to do my job. you're promoting uh, the Pepperdine uh, Bible lecture. It's May uh, 2nd through 5th, but uh, more so than the uh, lectureship, um, the Bible lectures, there's a, a, the Spirit of God is moving in some mighty ways in Pepperdine these, these days. And I want to uh, ask that you keep your eyes open and your ears uh, attuned to what God is doing in Pepperdine, because he's doing some amazing things, and I'm really fortunate to, to have the opportunity of being a chaplain there, tending to the hearts of faculty, staff, and students, because God is doing something, and I get a chance to uh, walk beside some really great people uh, trying to root all that they do in um, the work that God is doing in the world. Uh, also celebrate with me, since we last met, uh, my first book came out. It's called Faith the First Seven Lessons, um, and I'm, I'm not bragging about it because I'm, I'm brilliant. Um, I think I am, but I'm working on my ego thing, so I can't actually say that, but I just said it anyway, didn't I? I didn't say that, Did, yeah. But um, honestly, uh, God has worked some, some really great ideas through me, just the basics about how faith and spiritual formation occurs. So you can get it on Amazon and um, any number of places. I'm, I'm going to give this one to you, my man. Yeah. Um, I expect a book report. No. That would be so messed up. you have homework. <laughs> uh, as a chaplain, I want to offer some words of encouragement to you all as a congregation. As a fellow follower of Jesus Christ, I'd like to praise God with you all. And as a spiritual director, I, I kind of want to spend some time this morning exploring some things that God might be doing in, the, in your lives as individuals and as a faith community. Is that okay? Okay. Okay, so, but, but you say okay too soon because I want to talk about transitions. Mm. Can we talk about transitions for a little bit? Um, we feel it in the air. We, we, we smell it in the wind. Turn on the news or read the newspaper, our nation, our world, the Western church especially, and even your very hearts um, have moved in a place of deep transition and change. I can't make sense of it. I, I, I uh, try often to try to make sense of all that I'm hearing on, 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 a, on a global and national scale. I, I can't get all of that. But, but what I'm praising God is, I'm, I'm trying to dig deep and to see what God is doing in the transition that we find ourselves in. Anybody in a transition right now? All right, all right, could, 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 could this be your Jabbok? You, you know what the Jabbok is. It is the river starts at the mountain of Gilead and pours out into the Jordan from the east. The name Jabbok in Hebrew means abundant emptying, profuse pouring out. And after Jacob releases all of his possessions, after dismissing all of his family and all of his servants, there he is, Jacob, alone on the shore of a river called emptiness. He is no longer home. He is about to move into a new place of being, a new place of living at the precipice of an entirely new existence. And on the shore of a river called emptiness. Jacob wrestles with an angel rising from the fight with a blessing and a new name. He rises with a limp and a new identity. And can I suggest to you, knowing who you truly are always comes at a cost. You're no longer Jacob, the heel grabber. You you are Israel, the prince of God, the striver with and for God. Jacob rises from the fight with a new identity. Why? Because times of transition become defining moments for individuals and whole communities. Who are you? Who, who are we? I mean, really. What heights will you reach? What impact will you have? How much farther as a church family will you go? It is in these times of transition and change where God can really reveal ourselves to ourselves. I, I, I love story. I get caught up in story. I spend about 15 years in theater. I don't know if you all notice I get a little dramatic here and there. Isn't that obvious? I love story, but I, it was great because that for that 15 years, I learned about story and narrative structure, and now I'm starting to really understand my story, and, and I understand how people's story of their life takes place. And more importantly, I get the redemptive narrative of Christ, the essential narrative. The plot that's unfolding underneath all things, that drama that takes place where we, not as witnesses alone, but as joint participants, become co-laborers with God as he actively reconciles all things to himself, all things in heaven and all things on earth through the blood of Christ Jesus. I'm starting to see that. I get swept up in it because God is reforming ice caps, replenishing species long past. God is breaking chains of oppression for the fearful and the refugee restoring dignity to the girl that once was sold but now is set free snatching the fear so many feel on the margins these days every act of injustice every blow to inequity every attempt at destroying our planet as well as the human heart God is actively putting an end to it do you believe that because it's happening And in the midst of of this plan that's taking place in outlying areas around the world in the very recesses of the human heart, while God is actively doing all of that, he's looking at you and saying, you wanna join? You wanna come with me? I've been swept up in the scope and the tone and the tenor of this narrative at play. I'm swept up by the reoccurring tropes, the thematic significance, and the eternal implications, and the lyrics and the lines. Man, you don't get much better than the Bible, do you? One of the things that have struck me over the last few months is this idea of the twice-called name. The twice-called name. It's interesting, throughout the Old and New Testament, we get these rich moments of the twice-called name called name. You'll remember it. As his hand rises with the knife to sacrifice his only son, what does the patriarch hear from heaven? Abraham. Abraham. And his hand is stilled by the twice called name. Jacob begins as he transitions to Egypt, begin, begins the patriarch. Israel uh, hears the, the birth name ringing from heaven, Jacob. Jacob, it's the moment of the twice-called name. Throughout the sweep of the redemptive narrative, at points individuals as well as whole communities are being transitioned into a new reality, a new stasis. We have these moments of the twice-called name. Martha, Martha. Simon, Simon. Lazarus, Lazarus. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Over and over again throughout the Bible, we have these moments where people are shaken from their slumber, from their blindness, even their death, and ushered into a key moment of transition in the narrative itself, all by the power of the twice-called name. One such moment of the twice-called name is found in 1 Samuel 3, a moment that highlights the right sort of disposition the right sort of attitude we might want to take in the midst of transition and change in our life there he is the high priest Eli he's dealing with his own tragedy can you imagine hearing this from God Why have you allowed your sons to be so disrespectful to me, taking the lion's share of the meat sacrifice before it's offered to me? God is saying to Eli, you allowed this offense so that you could profit from the exploitation of my people. Sure, it was your sons who did the exploiting, but it was you, Eli, that benefited from it. And you allowed it. And for that, there are natural consequences. Now, we as beneficiaries of a a severe exploitation here in the West ought to take note of what's going on in the life of Eli here. Because God speaks such a deep word of challenge to Eli. God says, just because you didn't cause the harm, you are certainly profiting from it, Eli. And there are natural consequences for this. And we, as the beneficiaries of stolen land and stolen labor, ought to pay attention to this. God says to Eli, you didn't do it, but you certainly are a beneficiary of it. Imagine going to sleep on that. But this is exactly what he did. Eli slept with the consequences of his past, slept on a bed of regret, stuffed with his own short-sightedness, bad decisions, and sin. Eli sleeps only to be awakened by the young apprentice who himself was awakened by the moment of the twice-called name, Samuel. Samuel. God called. Scripture says, and he ran unto Eli and said, here I am, for thou called me. And he said, I didn't call you, lay down again. And he went down and he laid down. Twice more, this happened, and twice more, he tells Samuel to lie down again. But again, there is this twice calling of Samuel, Samuel, and from his bed of regret, Eli rises a little wiser, and he says to Samuel, if this happens again, say these words. Speak, Lord, for your servant will hear. Hmm. Speak, Lord. For your servant will hear. And God speaks. And Samuel listens. And he is commissioned. And he lives into his God-determined purpose. And then Saul and David and the nation of Israel. And by extension, all of the world is changed. All from the sweep of the narrative and the power of the twice-called name. I'm convinced more than ever these moments of calling continue. Young and old, rich and poor, educated and miseducated alike are being called to get caught up in the sweep of the redemptive narrative as the age of the consumer-driven church is coming to an end at a time where if churches are not dealing and tending to the hearts of the people are on the margin are dying a well-earned death in a time that there's a renewal coming in the world of faith. It is time to get swept up in this divine sweep of the drama of Christ. There are young people, old men and women in places who are waking from their slumber and hearing Jason, Jason, Brian, Brian, Ruth, Ruth, Olive, 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 My question for you, could this be a time of calling for you? Glendale. Glendale. There is a God-determined telos, a God-conceived reality for each of you, for you as a community, a role for you as a church to play as active participants in the drama that is unfolding. And my suggestion to you today is this when he calls again, I need for you to answer, saying, Speak, Lord, for your servants will hear. When you call through scripture, we will hear. When you call us in song, we will hear. When we sit in silence and solitude and you speak, we will hear. When our shepherds are rooted and you speak. When you speak through the the, the felt needs of the community around you. When our hearts are broken, when our eyes are open, when our past confronts us, when our future beckons us, when our now convicts us, speak, Lord, for your servants will hear. Your willingness to humbly listen is the first step of being obedient to the moment given. Let me say that again. Your ability and willingness to humbly listen could be the first step of your obedience to the moment given. I wonder, did they know? I wonder, did they know it was going to be a day like no other day they would ever experience? I wonder, did they know? In some ways, it had to be just like a regular day, mending nets, hoisting sails, the wind blows, the waves rock against the hull. Your body gets used to the rocking of the boat underneath you, all the stuff they expected, experienced day to day, week after week, month after month, and possibly year upon year on end. But it wasn't an ordinary day. For Andrew, Peter, James, and John, this was a destiny-changing day. This was a day that would inform every other day for the rest of their lives. This was the day Jesus called them. The time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. The very kingdom that will bring justice and equity and sustainability to the entire world is at hand. It's at, in, your, in your reach. It's here for the grabbing. Repent and believe in the gospel. See from this greater mind the, this sense of, of consciousness and believe that the war is already won. The victory is already secured. All that is evil, all that divides us will be brought to an end. Peter and James come follow be like me and i'll make you fishes of men scripture says when jesus saw james and john without delay he called them and then this is the moment of profound choosing what do you do the future stands before them Filled with so much promise and at the same time, so much that's unknown. It's filled with as much majesty as it is mystery. That this is is where you discover where your values lie. It is in this place where you discover how you handle risk. Who you are is exposed in the moment of choosing. Who you are is discovered in the moment of choosing. What do you do? Scripture says they dropped their nets and even their familial ties and followed. All of this is captured in like five little small verses, but I imagine every thought that they were thinking and every feeling that they felt couldn't be contained in five volumes. But they marshaled all of those feelings and all of those thoughts and all that they were and they were obedient to the moment given and they did this not knowing who Jesus really was. They didn't know he was the Logos. They didn't know Jesus was the word made flesh. They didn't know he was the personification of wisdom. They didn't know he was the actual fulfillment of the law and the prophets. They didn't know Jesus would be arrested, unfairly tried, beaten by authorities, unjustly tortured. They didn't know that they would nail his hands and nail his feet be stabbed in the side. They didn't know the blood that would change the world was spilling from his side. They they didn't know he would be killed, buried, and rise with the offer of life in his hand. They didn't know any of these things. And yet they answered the time of calling. And here's And as we gather together in this time of transition as a nation and as a world, Glendale, Glendale. And with the full knowledge of who Christ is and what Christ did, with all of who you are, I'd ask you if you hear him call again. This is how I want you to answer: speak, Lord, for your servant we're here. Would you say that with me? Speak, Lord, for your servants will hear. Speak, Lord, for your servants will hear. Speak, Lord, for your servants. And here's why I'm asking all of this, and and then I'll be through. The reason I'm asking this is how many of you are dealing with hurt right now? Hear me. Your healing is on the other side of the answered call. Any of you all dealing with some sort of heartache right now? Your comfort is on the other side of the answered call. Those who are looking for answers, wisdom is on the other side of the answered call. Those who have lost your way, purpose is found on the other side of the answered call. Those who have been derailed by sin and and destroyed by by all of the, the sins that dog us consistently. As we speak, forgiveness is on the other side of the answered call. Meaningful relationships, your deepest sense of worthwhileness, peace from your current chaos, all of what you need is on the other side of the answered call. Humbly listen, critically think, courageously answer, because the twice-called name is inviting you to go further. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's someone that's in need of prayer. There's someone that is in need of um, committing their lives to Jesus Christ. Is there someone that, that is confused or just in need of prayer? Just, just let us know. We're, we're people that are willing, and I, I know you've got a staff of people here that are willing to meet your needs where you are. I'm grateful of being here. You all bless me and you bless my family for allowing us to be in your presence. You all are amazing. Church, am asking, And my only ask, and this is a humble ask, live into your God-determined destiny. Amen? Amen. God bless you.